The Legacy of John Williams. Celebrating the music and the art of Maestro John Williams. Hello everyone, this is Maurizio Caschetto and welcome to a new episode of the Legacy of John Williams podcast. So here with me today, my Paul Tim Burden. Hello, Tim. Mauricio, hello. Well, this is an exciting moment, isn't it? It is, absolutely. <laughs> Long yes. time coming. Yeah, yeah. We we have also to say that we are sorry that, you know, it's, it was, it's a long time since our last chat, our last episode, which was actually a conversation with Mike Patasino, uh centered around the collaboration between Steven Spielberg and John Williams. And, you know, today we are following the same topic, the same thread, because we are here today and we are very happy to present uh, our listeners a very special treat. Uh, today is November 11 and the new Steven Spielberg film, The Fablemans, is being released in the United States in selected theaters. This is a long-awaited film and that is going wide then across the United States during Thanksgiving and then will roll out internationally throughout December and January all over the world. His mother is the heart of the story, as she was in real life. My mom always wanted more. She was the more mom. Enough wasn't enough for mom, you know. And is that good or bad for a good. kid? That's good. That's a wonderful thing for a oh, kid. Oh, okay. Because she inspired me to be, in a way, ambitious and greedy about more and more and more. No guilt? She didn't infuse that in you? She didn't believe in guilt. My mother used to always say, Steve, guilt is a wasted emotion. How lucky are you to be not infused with the idea of guilt and to be Jewish at mm -hmm. the same time? Wow, now that's unique. Well, my mom liked breaking stereotypes. We're never not going to know each other, Sammy. I don't know if you give your father the credit he deserves, at least in your career. Well, you know, say my dad was very practical. He wanted me in school to major in English, so if I didn't become a filmmaker, I would become a teacher. Being a movie director is just something that, what, one in a million people get to be a movie director? He was simply trying to protect me. The film got an incredibly positive reaction at the Toronto Film Festival last September, where it debuted, uh, and also got the, the award from the audience, which is usually a good omen for the Academy mm. Awards. And mm, That's right. Yeah, and this is, you know, to give a little bit of a broader context, we'll talk about the film in a moment. But today is also the day where Sony Classical is releasing the original soundtrack album featuring the music score by John Williams. So here we are for the first time since December 2019 to comment and talk about a new film score by the maestro. So it feels great, Tim, doesn't it? It does. Absolutely. It's like a to to paraphrase what Spielberg says, whenever he got his Schindler's List Oscar, it's like a, a drink of water after a long drought. And <laughs> yes. it's, you know, we have thankfully have been treated to some brilliant albums, so many from mm -hmm. Deutsche Grammophon, um, not to upset Sony by saying that, but we <laughs> we have we have really a uh, a wonderful showcase here. And and we know it's a personal, very personal project 
for both Williams and Spielberg. It is. And I'm looking forward to getting stuck in. We're going we're to showcase three cues, aren't we? Three yes. cues which are significant in the film, which indeed our friends at Sony have told us these are kind of seminal moments in the film, which we can get into. Now, we, we should both say we haven't seen the film as yet. Mm-hmm. You, I'm very jealous because you get to see it before I do. I mean, Italy get it, I think, is it next week? Yes, next de- December 15th, yes. Yeah, so, okay, about, about three three weeks away. and uh, But over here, we don't get it to January. So quite possibly the, there might be a press show just before Christmas, but uh, I'm, I'm itching to see it. So I, I'm looking <laughs> forward to hearing what, what you think. Our, our good friend Mike has seen it. Yes. I don't want to speak too much for him, but... Yes, yeah, it goes very well because, I mean, uh, as you were saying, this is a very personal film, uh, probably the most personal that Spielberg ever mm. did so far, and also very personal for, for his relationship with John Williams, which this year, as we said in our last episode, reaches and celebrates its amazing 50th anniversary of their very first meeting in that restaurant in Beverly Hills where a 24-year-old Steven Spielberg called to meet a 40-year-old John Williams to talk about his theatrical debut film, The Sugar and Express, and boy, how much road they traveled since then. I mean, and to be here today to speak about this very personal film, which talks about, and the story of the film is basically a semi-autobiographical story of Steven Spielberg's youth and his the story of his family, of his parents, written by Tony Kushner and Spielberg himself together. And it tells the story of a young boy named Sammy Fableman and how, since a very young age of six years old, falls in love with cinema and movies, and then how his love for movies really ties up with the story of his own family, especially the story of his parents. A lot of these stuff is known to Spielberg fans because there were several books and biographies written by very fine people, including the very fine biography by Joseph McRide, who mm. really tells the story as if it's a movie because Steven Spielberg's life really feels like a movie. And who better than <laughs> Spielberg himself to put you know, on screen his own origin story. <laughs> I know Tim and I had this incredible honor to from that Sony Classical give, gave to us to uh, listen to the score a few days before the official release worldwide. And we were very both very touched about the approach that John Williams took for this film. And mm-hmm. we are very, very happy to share three tracks, as Tim was saying, from the soundtrack album. We selected three cues that we feel are our some of our favorites moments from this soundtrack. And we cannot wait to see how they work in context. But let's try to let the music do the talking for the moment. And let's present the very first excerpt from the Fableman's soundtrack album. This track is called Mitzi's Dance, is track two on the soundtrack album. And we haven't seen the movie yet, as we said. It accompanies a very key moment in the movie.
And this was Mitz's Dance from the soundtrack of Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans, music by John Williams. So, Tim, what are your impressions of this very wonderful, dreamy and poignant piece of music, which appears to present one of the main thematic materials that John Williams wrote for this film? It's track two on the album. As as you said at the, the very outset, yes, it's, it accompanies a very key scene with Michelle Williams in the movie, who plays Spielberg's mother. Whenever I review a film, I often have to try and think how how the audience can relate to what I'm saying. So as a relatable comment, hopefully it doesn't sound too much of a throwaway, but I would say this score as a complete entity, certainly exemplified by that cue, would be kind of cross between Stepmom, Always, and The Accidental Tourist. For me... I'm sure many would disagree, and which, which is fine. That's the beauty of uh, you know music and and the film. We all have our own ideas of it. But I mean, we, we should also say, Maurizio, shouldn't we? There's 22 minutes of score in the film, yes. which is very it's quite minimal by Spielberg yes. and Williams standards. But we do know there are a lot of songs which give a sense of place. Obviously, we're yes. looking forward to hearing. Yes, and. We don't know actually the the overall tally of the source music present in the movie, but from all the reports, it appears to be one of the very few instances where Steven Spielberg actually went for using much more source music and, and period songs rather than original scoring. I think this is a first in his career. And I guess this was dictated, of course, by the needs of the movie, uh, which is a kind of a period piece. Uh, it's, it's set mostly in the 1950s, so there was a need likely to um, use songs from the era uh, to give a, a better, more rounded context uh, to the to the narrative. But I think it also has to do with John Williams' own sensibility. And I think that when it comes to John Williams scoring this type of movies, uh, and you quoted some very wonderful examples in his career, like The Accidental Tourist or Stanley and Iris or Stepmom, where you know the drama is driven mostly by relationships between characters. Uh, John Williams always knows when it's better to say a word, musically speaking, rather than you know stay silent. And I think this film the fablemans is one of those cases and and probably even more because it ties to something very deeply uh, personal for steven spielberg and we know uh, how close he feels to steven spielberg and you know also the fact that this film tells the story of his parents and john williams actually came to knew both of his parents uh, both of steven spielberg's parents so he probably didn't want to intrude too much in such a intimate personal portrait and really reserved a role for himself and for the music just for the very few key essential moments where score was absolutely essential. I guess this is the best explanation I can offer to see why, in this case, John restrained himself to a very minimum of actual overall 
presence of score in a movie, which I think is it's probably really one of his shortest scores uh, for Steven Spielberg. Yes, and that leads nicely on to our next cue because now whenever we spoke about this uh, the day before, we're, we're talking now because we wanted to kind of get each other's thoughts on the cues and we were very much on the same page with this one because it really is uh, absolute highlight in the score certainly on the album it's it's midway through the album and it, it really it's williams at his absolute classic best i mean we're going to give you a, a taste in just a moment but the mother and son cue i suppose when you think about another very different personal film catch me if you can we know there's that great father and son you know dynamic and and the cue yeah. of course but this is a, a lovely parallel to that, a, a, a bit of uh, certainly a common ground, but in a very different way. We have the guitarist George During here at work, but there's a re real sense of lift in this cue, isn't there? I mean, you, you absolutely have this sense of positivity, of optimism, and, and this is one of, I think, Williams and Spielberg's gifts as master storytellers and, and dramatists, they, they know exactly when to push those kind of buttons, you know, and let's hear mother and son. And this was Mother and Son from The Fablements, music by John Williams. What an emotional piece. Uh, it's really 
touching and heartrending. Uh, we should mention that this cube presents what appears to be the main theme of the movie. Such a gorgeous, beautiful melody, so delicate and and heartrending. I think this cue really speaks about the intimate bonding between mother and son, but also in many ways appears to try to comment on the profound intimate connection that there is between human beings in general. And this is a talent that John Williams has. I mean, a lot of his most touching and emotional music comes when he scores moments of intimate relationships between characters and the bonding, not just love stories, but even, you know, as we were mentioning before, the father and son cue from Catch Me If You Can, wonderful emotional moment in the movie, beautifully depicted by using a very quiet, almost understated approach. I think this cue has many interesting relationships with E.T. and me from E.T., you know, the beautiful lyrical love theme that depicts the friendship and the intimate connection between E.T. and Elliot. And probably this is because I recently have the great opportunity to rewatch E.T. on the big screen for a beautiful 40th anniversary screening that was played here in Milan last week. So the film is very fresh in my memory. I again notice how much the music actively comments on that in that movie about make you feeling the, the level of profoundness between E.T. and Elliot and their relationship. And I think this cue does the same. I think it's going to be something very emotional in the movie, but at the same time, uh, very quiet, understated, low-key in many ways. You know, it pulls your heartstrings without, you know, forcing you to feel something. It's very, it, it's um, a beautiful statement by John Williams on how music can really bring something important to the evolving relationship between two main characters in a movie. Whenever we think of communication, if you, if you look at the structure of that cue, you know, you have the guitar and the piano almost talking to each other. And, and that's clearly symbolic of, of the mother and son relationship. And I think that's a, a very touching move, a very beautiful. At the end of the day, I mean, we know it's an autobiographical film, but essentially, Audiences don't have to be experts on Spielberg or Williams because it is, at the end of the day, a coming-of-age drama. Yes. And, uh, you know, th this is what the nuts and bolts of it. And we know that Spielberg is exactly a, a wonderful storyteller because he knows what the audience wants. And he know we know that he says he likes to make movies he would enjoy himself. And he has this knack of really delivering that, uh, as does, of course, John Williams. And this leads us nicely onto the the third cue because wow, I mean, this is there's quite a lot going on in this, and uh, I'd love for you to introduce it especially because there's a a specific observation. But maybe we should wait till after. Do you want to yeah. wait till after we hear it? Let, let's do that. Again. Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 the music do the talking for a, for a while. This is track twelve, which is the final track on the soundtrack album called "The Journey Begins," which accompanies the very end of the movie and leads to the end credits. Uh, the only thing I would say that this piece includes an excerpt from a sonata from Joseph Haydn, the great classical composer, which is actually one of John Williams' favorite composers. He, he, he often mentioned Haydn as one of his very own favorites. So it's nice how the biography of both Spielberg and Williams comes together in this 
in this piece because we will hear a piano solo played by a great pianist Joanne Pierce Martin who is the soloist on all the piano solos on this soundtrack um, she's the Ally Phil principal pianist and we will hear how John Williams intertwines his own themes and music and with the hiding piece so this is the journey begins from the Fable Months music by John Williams
The Journey Begins, The Fablemans, composed, conducted by John Williams. And we have a few music credits here. We could read out Maurizio, couldn't we? Yes. So Sean Murphy, um, the regular mixer, with uh, Robert Wolf and Romero Belgard with the editors, for the music editors. And then, yeah, Mark Graham, as, as always has, has been in the recent years, head of the music preparation. And the contractor, Timothy Liu. And th- this is actually a name I haven't seen before, Timothy Liu. Has he taken kind of the, the reins from Sandra de Crescent? Yeah, I guess so, yes. I, I probably so, because Sandy is basically retired. I think that she did some work on this, but probably it was very limited because the score was actually recorded back in February of this year, so many, many months ago. Uh, so it's true that, you know, the the... The film has only 20 minutes, 22 minutes of music. The album is 31 minutes. We know it's short, but, you know, it's a classic example of less is more, probably. Yes. And, <laughs> and, to get, and, and together with, with the original cues by John Williams, there are three pieces, three classical piano solo pieces, again played by Joanne Pierce Martin, who is really a, has a wonderful spotlight on this album. And we are planning to have her on our podcast to talk more about her experience recording the score. The three pieces that are featured in the as a source piano solo cues are from Johann Sebastian Bach, Muzio Clementi, who was a very fine composer and pianist of the 18th century, and another one by Friedrich Kuldau, who is very well known to any piano student who practiced piano, <laughs> you know, because he wrote many... Uh, practice book for uh, pieces for for pra- for piano practice so and, and we have to say that the the character portrayed by Michelle Williams in the movie which is based on Steven Spielberg's mom is a concert pianist or a, you know she she's she's trying to make her career as a concert pianist so music has always been a key component of Spielberg's life since he was a kid because he grew up in a household where music was always present and his penchant for classic movie scoring, which is something that also is prominent in the film itself, as was noted by several fans who spotlighted soundtrack album covers as uses as props on the set of the of the film. It's really part of Steven Spielberg's life since the very early age, uh, music. So and, and it's no surprise that he ended up partnering with one of the best composers in history, John Williams. And together, as this wonderful piece of music that we just heard exemplifies, in my opinion, is really the, the, the wonderful meeting between two great artists who found each, in each other. I want to use John Williams' words when he won the Oscar for Schindler's List, and an ending source of inspiration. You know, each other is for, for each other is really exactly that, and an ending source of inspiration. And it's amazing to realize that this year, John Williams turned 90 and he's still so active and just, you know, gifted the world with this beautiful new music soundtrack. And what what we could ask more? I mean, <laughs> we, we couldn't ask for anything more. Really. And, and I know that's right. And it's going to be it's going to be in your part of the world in just a few weeks. Yes. <laughs> at, at La Scala in Milan is that uh, how, how timely and hopefully he will premiere a piece from the Fablemans. I hope so. I mean, it's not part of the official program, but we know that uh, John usually reserves two or three surprises 
when the official program has ended, you know, he usually comes on the stage to perform at least two or three pieces, one of which will be absolutely the Imperial March. <laughs> but I think that I, I really hope that he will took the occasion because the movie is coming out exactly in those days when he will be here in Milan. So it's, it's, it will tie up very nicely to the actual release of the film in, in this country. Very well timed. Well, the journey begins. It's a, a wonderful way to close. It's a great finale. It's yeah, the last track on the album. It's the final scene in the film. And as we alluded to at the very start, there's a, a, a reference which I'm sure many would have got, but we'll uh, we'll just leave it at that, shall we? Just uh, <laughs> yes. But we'll, we'll we'll not we'll not say too much, and because uh, we don't want to do spoilers. But there, there's uh, a very a very recognizable musical figure, which uh, Maurizio certainly pointed out. And well, digitally, this album is out now from Sony Classical, but then physically, the actual CD itself will be out on December the 9th. And I'm looking forward to reading the booklet, and I'm sure Steven Spielberg has written some lovely words about it. Mm -hmm. It's lovely packaging, the artwork is so so gorgeous. So a lot of love has been put into this album, which is, is rightly so. And there's going to be some activity, isn't there, Maurizio, online from Sony? They're yes. going to do some some quizzes on social media about the John Williams and Steven Spielberg collaboration. So that should be fun. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And we are at the Legacy of John Williams are very happy to be to partner with Sony uh, to you know to give this release. And especially, I am so happy that uh, they are making the extra effort to put the album out physically on CD. Because we know very well that nowadays isn't and it's not something to take for granted, because most soundtrack albums nowadays don't get the the luxury of having a, an actual physical album being being released. But luckily for us, for any older John Williams fans and collectors out there in the world, they will be able to collect their own copy starting December nine from Sony Classical. So, Tim, I'm very happy to do this for you. We, it's not something that we usually do very often, but it's always a pleasure when we just maybe we talk a little less than we usually do and let the music do the talking for us. So we're very happy to do it in such a momentous occasion where a new John Williams film score is being released. Exactly. We, we, we haven't done it like this before, really. And it's such a significant score to do it for, you know, whenever we think of... Spielberg and Williams. So um, big thanks to you for, for listening in and thanks to Sony once again. Yeah, totally agree. And thank you, Tim, so much for being with me today. We are very happy to to keep the podcast rolling out again. We have wonderful content coming soon. Many, some very, very special guests coming to the podcast. I won't say much because it's very exciting, you know, exciting times coming. Uh, but it's very, very. I'm very, very happy that this project is going forward, and so happy to have you on board with me, Tim. Look, it is. It's, it's such a an important project because it's not just a a fan site. It's a, a study site, which is something you know was always kind of from the the uh, mo from day one. So it's it's brilliant to see it uh, developed this way, and what a prime example to to really uh, shine the spotlight on the Fablemans. To our audience, thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more content coming soon on thelegacyofjohnwilliams.com and let's celebrate this wonderful new John Williams release. Movies are dreams. 
that you never forget. Sammy? change how everything looks. It's hard to find our house. Ours is the dark house with no lights. In this family, it's the scientists versus the artists. Sammy's on my team, takes after me. Dismiss what he does that's playful or imaginative. You could afford to be a little encouraging. She should have been a concert piano player. What she got in her heart is what you got. You can't just love something, you also have to take care of it. It's more important than your hobby. Can you stop calling it a hobby? Mom got a monkey! Why'd you get a monkey? Because I needed a laugh. You always have to be the center of attention. Stop shouting at her! That has been nothing but disrespect from you! I'm your mother! Family, art, it'll tear you in two. You stop making movies, it'll break your mother's heart. I don't know what to do anymore. You do what your heart says you have to. What was your favorite part? The Legacy of John Williams Celebrating the music and the art of Maestro John Williams Thank you.